welcome to the first, well, technically second edition of Stranded at Second on the Stranded Sports Podcast Network. Nick Hedrick joined by Tyler Gallo today. And Gallo, I said I hesitated on what episode number it was because we, we kind of did a YouTube exclusive episode like three months ago. That was a one-off. Yeah, I mean, and we sort of got it started up at like the worst time possible because it was at like the end of the season and the end of the World Series and all that. And we just did one episode and then kind of forgot about it. But we're ready to get back in business. We sure are. And so when you get back in business, sometimes you need to go into business with your friends. And so we reached out to someone who I consider a friend who might not consider me a friend but he does this just to harass me once in a while, perhaps. Sam Anthony, a researcher for the MLB Network, you already knew that because we milked the crap out of him um, on this uh, on our podcast. But Sam is here. Sam, thanks for joining us today. You make me feel way more important than I actually am. So that, that's really why I come on. It's the it's the ego boost. Okay, that's we all need those once in a while. But now that mm-hmm. you've heard this very long, drawn out introduction, you probably could guess what we're going to talk about today. The MLB offseason went from sleeping and snoozing and hibernating to all of a sudden, bang bang, every everywhere. They're a trade. They're a trade. Everywhere a trade. Um, and the one we should start off with is the big Kahuna. Well, I guess that's not fair to say. If you're in Pittsburgh, the big kahuna of Josh Bell moving to yeah. the Nationals <laughs> because that's not the- for our for our target demographic, though, that might be the biggest thing to happen. I I, I you know I think even for your target demographic, that might not be the biggest thing that's happened. Sam, we we talked about you coming on and crapping <laughs> on my thought process. But I'm just last. saying, you were like. Did you know? Uh, have you been asleep the last twenty four hours? You were like Josh Bell. You know, <laughs> we got we got twenty six year old Will Crow <laughs> as part of that deal. I'm just saying, or I'm sorry. We'll, we'll flip leave. it then. We'll flip it then. We'll start with the big stuff. We'll start with you, you Darvish. There you go. And Blake Snow both going there to the go. West Coast. Is is that get your approval? I mean, you know, he did, did Blake Snell did just have a presser, like, you know, literally ended 10 minutes ago. So I feel like that's the most relevant one. Well, tell me about it. Tell me about that presser. What did you learn? Well, uh, his dog was on the presser and that was awesome. The dog was barking the whole time. Um, but Hey man, uh, well, first off, I mean, that team with Clevenger the next year is going to be even better than what they already have. Um, but it's just like, it's kind of weird. Cause like he was definitely sad to leave cause he's been there for 10 years. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a raised thing. You know, that's the discussion is, you know, he, he said in the presser, he's like, yeah, like I knew I was going to get traded. He, he didn't think it was going to be this year. Cause he still had three years left on that deal, which was a, a cheap deal for what you're going to get for Blake Snell. I mean, three years, 40 million. Um, he was like, I thought it was going to be next year, and, which is crazy to say you have three years left on your deal. And you're like, yeah, I'm probably going to get traded, but like, that's just the race. That's how they operate. Um, and it's just so interesting because one of the one of the best questions from it somebody asked him was like how do you think it feels to be like one of those guys because you know they're used to it you know Blake Snell was talking about being there when Chris Archer got traded if you want to make it relevant to your fan base that's a pretty you know sore spot not to bring that one up we, we don't um, talk about that oh man Ooh. I thought that was a good trade when it happened but beyond that but yeah um no I mean it was it was interesting um but it's got to make you excited like you said it was it was pretty quiet I mean like uh, and the biggest thing that happened was James McCann to the Mets, which was a big deal. And Gallo's probably really excited about that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that deal. Um, granted, it, uh, 
Braille Muto probably would be better, but it's cheaper. It opens up the books a little bit, especially with Cano's contract coming off. They now have more money to go after George Springer, who I think is going to be in blue and orange next year. But um, like I said, I really enjoy that deal. And just out of nowhere, the Snell deal just hit like crazy. I was like, whoa. I Because I was I just had checked Twitter for the first time in like 10 minutes. And um, it was like, whoa, everything was just exploding. Uh Pretty big deal there. And then, of course, a couple hours later, the U Darvish deal to the Padres. So that's just the Padres making some moves really quickly. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, what's good about this is that, you know, one, you have the Padres shooting their shot, which is good because people thought that this offseason was going to be quiet because people didn't know what the financial situation was going to be like. But now you're going to start seeing moves. You know, you did see Josh Bell. Um, they talked to Ben Sherrington on High Heat the other day, actually. Um, and he indicated that they weren't done. There was going to be more moves. Um, and another pitcher that's on the market that's probably going to be one of the next ones to go is Joe Musgrove. Um, you know, not as flashy of a name by any account as you Darvish or uh, Blake Snell. But, you know, he's he's somebody that, you know, could be a good three or four guy for a team like a like an Angels or a Yankees, perhaps. Um, it'd be interesting to see. So that's going to be stuff to watch, especially with the Yankees about to potentially lose Masahiro Tanaka. Um if they get Musgrove right in there, that'll that'll help them sort of uh, bridge that gap a little bit. But that's still nice little nice little band aid, you know. Just slap the band aid on. Right. You, know, it does, you, you still know it's there, but it covers it a little bit. I mean, right. And they're also about to lose James, probably lose James Paxton too. So things are not yeah. looking well in the Bronx in the rotation. Better than the Cubs, man. If you want to talk about all these trades, man, talk about the Cubs giving up the uh, the Fangraphs projections for. Uh, the Cubs rotation is the worst in baseball, oh, I, the worst. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's gotta be, de- that, that's the, that's the other big story. It's gotta be depressing to be a Cubs fan today, man. Cause your team literally just came out and said, we're going to be bad this year in a division. That's not going to be that good. Right. The team's probably going to win it with 85 wins. Why couldn't that have when the pirates were good? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. You know, I mean, you go back and look at the Pirates, man, and you go, you know, ninety eight wins, ninety eight wins, second place, second place, and it's just like, oh my gosh. But hey, man, that's that's how it works. Sometimes you look at the NL West now. I mean, everyone's talking about how great the Padres are going to be, and they still might not win the division. Right. <laughs> it's just the Dodgers are a juggernaut, and it's going to be fun, uh, must watch TV when those two teams play, even though it's going to be pretty late to stay up to watch them being on the East coast, but still these two teams are going to be jockeying for position in that division. That's going to be fun. And like, um, like you said, the central is just going to be up in the air at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, Cardinals, uh, Cardinals are brewers. Cardinals that's what I probably always do. I mean, that's the, yeah. the yeah, Cardinals and, you know, find like, a way to compete better than almost anyone in baseball. I'd say. So yeah. I mean, they're, and they do it like, you know, I mean, they still have a big payroll. I'm not going to pretend like they don't, but like, you know, a team like the Yankees competes every year because they have a giant payroll. I think the Cardinals, you're right. They do a great job of like being within budget um, and still doing a pretty good job. And then having one random guy that just explodes every year, like last year, I believe or a couple of years ago is Tommy Edmond. And then they got a couple other guys that just come out there and all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. just go Matt in. Carpenter had that one year that was just unbelievable yeah Carpenter had a second half that was just off the charts and um th- but that's the t- that's the thing with the Cardinals you know they'll sneak in and then you when they get to the playoffs they're they're a pretty sure bet most years like they'll get in and they may not have the best record I mean granted they won the World Series with I believe 83 wins in 2006 
Um, I don't like bringing up that year, but um, <laughs> that was uh, that was a crazy season. And then you know they last, a couple of years ago they made it to the NLCS. Just uh, crazy, crazy times in Cardinalville as well. Cardinalville, what a place to stay. So with, uh, with Bush Stadium Town or whatever it's called. With we touched on it a second ago, but with the Dodgers and Padres both now looking like real contenders in that division, what 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 way are we leaning? Very far off from the season starting. Still, what way are we leaning in that matchup? Uh oh. Well, I'm still leaning Dodgers, and, and I, I mean, like, just by. I mean, it's a crapshoot. Literally, like, if you were like to put money on it and bet, I would be like, you're an idiot. Don't, don't do that. It's. I mean, it's, it's a crapshoot in terms of who's going to show up and who doesn't. But you got to trust. You got to go with the team that's won it eight straight times. You know, eight, the division eight straight times, not the World Series. Obviously, we know that. They could have. They could have won it like four straight times. But um. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers, you know, I think they're they're the safe bet at this point because, you know, the the signing all these players, trading all these players doesn't always lead to success. They do have a good team, don't get me wrong, but you could also go the route of the Reds who added all these people last offseason and just did not do anything in the playoffs when they got there. They got into the, the, the fake round of the playoffs and didn't score any runs. So um, that was just a first-round exit right there. And then, of course, the White Sox sort of did the same thing. Um, but – you know, the Padres could go against the grain there and actually make a run at it. They did sort of last year. So it's, 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 it's a really easy bet to make or a really tough bet to make, excuse me. But I think right now the safe pick is the Dodgers. That's very fair. I love that Padres team though. I've always been high on Clevenger. He's one of my like favorite players. I don't know what that font is. He uses to tweet most of the time, but it looks awesome. Um, which is a really stupid way to start off explaining why you like someone, but hey, no, no, I'm all about their it. Own. And then, I mean, with Tatis Jr. And I mean, that's a fun team. That's a really fun team. They have a beautiful park, which obviously for the casual viewer turning on and seeing that field is really nice. And I mean, there's a lot of things there that I think are appealing about that team. They're a team that for lack of a better term has sucked for the most of our lifetime. Um, yeah. I mean, since the Tony Gwynn days, um, as far as I understand, I don't remember a time where I was like, oh God, the Padres are really going to be up to something this year. Um, so I think they're an easy team to root for. Uh, the fact that they've signed some big names now is kind of interesting because they're not a team that you usually associate getting big name players with um, in via trade or free agency. So it's kind of different for me to see these big names going there. But it's kind of refreshing in a way to see them going to a team that's not synonymous with getting all of the coveted players. You know, it, it, you can like remember a few years ago when they got, I believe it was both Upton brothers, Matt Kemp, and then I think they got somebody else and they just didn't do anything. Um, this year, it's a bit different. They actually got pitching this time around as opposed to a uh, loaded lineup. And they already have a loaded lineup and uh, reunites Blake Snell with his buddy Tommy Pham. So, um, you know, that's it could go any way. I mean, it's been, I believe 14 years since the Padres last made the playoffs um, in a normal season. Um, so yep, 2006 nailed it. He's on top of it, man. Did his research. God bless. Hey, you know, they, uh, they played the Cardinals and then the Cardinals did some unspeakable things in the NLCS um, that season against the Mets. But uh, it's been, it's been a while, especially since that was back uh, to the Mets for Gallo. Hey, you know what? It's the six degrees of separation. They are the center of the universe in MLB land. Well, well Gallo, did you see? Uh, did you see Steve Cohen's tweet about the Padres? 
I did not see that. I've I've been looking on Twitter. I didn't see that. I'm gonna take. Oh a man, haunt! I gotta pull. It. But basically, he called out the uh, the Mets farm system because he was basically like, "Oh yeah, like of course the Padres can make all these trades. Like they have a deep farm system." Like he was. <laughs> you know, Mets farm system needs to be replenished. He can, that was he, it. That's a callback to Brody Van Wagen and trading literally everybody that's in the farm system, and uh, yeah. Do, nothing with it i i, like, yeah. I sort of well, like the stroman trade and i'm glad that he stayed with the mets but um and anthony k you know he's anthony k and they you know, don't even get me started with the diaz cano deal granted diaz had a pretty good season last year um, but uh the 2019 is still gonna ruffle some feathers in the fan base i mean wouldn't it be nice to have uh jared kalanick back Oh my God, that guy is just a, apparently the next Barry Bonds, according to literally everybody that I've seen talk about him. But he is going to be pretty good for the Mariners. Don't know if the Mariners will do anything with him on the team because Seattle has just been stuck in purgatory for 19 seasons now. Um, so <laughs> it's it's brutal, man. So that's it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't oh, don't no, let I me just, stop you. I never have before, so don't don't stop. I, I was I was just gonna bury the the Mariners and say what it like anyone that's still like out there watching Mariners games night in night out. Like, I'll buy you a beer. I I'll really never will. forget like two years ago when they started off really hot. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh, wait a minute now, the Mariners." And, mm-hmm. and then and then it, then it was uh, you know, normal Seattle Mariners. That fan base does rally around the team though when they are good. That fan base shows up and shows out at those games when they do when they are in contention. Um, they faded down the stretch that season and also in fifteen as well, and they started off somewhat good. But yeah, it's like I said, like you said, Sam, it's just tough to watch them at this point. It's gonna be All tough right, to watch the Pirates too. Because <laughs> oh, they just oh, traded Josh Bell. Oh, oh, there we go. Now we got to it. it, it I wanted it, to lead off with it and kind of build up to like this is the major events that happened. But Sam correctly called me out and said, "You got to start with the big news." <laughs> I'm not now that I've had some time to let that simmer while those two did most of the talking. And as a good host, I am let them talk. I've I've had that realization that that was the way to do it. But let's let's talk about Josh Bell getting dealt to the Nationals. To me, it's kind of baffling that people are acting like this was a real shock. Yeah, yeah no. It, it, I mean, first off, good. You know, if the Pirates weren't out here moving these guys. And it's hard because, like, you know, Josh Bell hasn't been good. Like, he hasn't been good since June of 2019. And so it's like, what, what the heck were you going to get for him? I liked the trade. I did. I thought that, um, you know, Will Crow is going to be a guy who, you know, can be a back-end rotation guy and just fill fill a hole for you this year. That's what's going to happen. Um, and then Eddie, what, Yin? Yon? I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, I should. I, I don't know clue. But um, he's got good upside. You know, you got to take lottery picks like that and hope that some of these guys turn out to not just be four or five guys, but aces, you know? I like the trade too. I looked at the stats. Will Crow was one of the top prospects in the Nationals farm system. Unfortunately, he had the misfortune of pitching on the taxi squad last season for the Nets, and he got out there and got shelled in their in their bad season. Um, and Eddie Yean, yeah, he's in rookie ball, but he's pitched pretty well. He's pitched all right in rookie ball, and he can continue to get better as he goes up uh, the system. So that's not a bad haul by any means, especially for a guy that uh, for Bell, who, like you said, has not been good since June of 2019. Um, these are, these are, and like, these are the guys that you have to stock up on. Um, uh, and if there's anyone you feel bad for in this scenario, it's our buddy, Ethan Morrison, who got absolutely just 
shredded on Twitter by the Pirates fans for defending them trading him. So, which I thought was stupid that he had to do that. Yeah. Who? Why did they think they were going to compete this year? Like, I, that, I, that, that the, the thing to me was, and I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the return, but at the same time, I also realized that Josh Bell is hyped up in Pittsburgh because he's someone that could put butts in seats because he hits an occasional long home run. I liked Josh Bell. But at the end of the day, if you thought for a second this team wasn't going to move him before his contract expired, you were on some sort of enhancement. Um, got ratioed, like absolutely blasted on Twitter. But, I mean, I don't like that the main the main serving of that trade deal for the Pirates was a guy that's 26 years old and referred to as a prospect. Prospects aren't 26 years old. Um, I know. I, mm-hmm. I understand he got the short end of the stick getting thrown into his first major league action in what was a very odd 2020 season, to put it lightly. But I, I don't know. As a Pirates fan, that would insult me, that the meat of that potato is that the main draw from that trade for them was a 26-year-old prospect. And I hope it works out because they're in a stage right now where – they're going to be selling. They need to free up cap like they did by getting rid of Bell. They need to start developing some homegrown talent and then maybe in the future making a couple acquisitions like they did back in their run a couple years ago where they had guys like McCutcheon there. And then they brought in veteran guys like Cervelli and Burnett, who at the time were marquee stars, but they were guys that were going to be veteran roles on the, a team filled with relatively younger and homegrown guys like Walker, Alvarez, people like that. So they have to start that fresh, though, in my opinion, and I think that's what they're going to have to do. I wouldn't be surprised if, to see Tyon never wear a Pirates jersey again. Uh, like Sam said, Musgrove's all but gone. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to get anything for Polanco worth their while, and he'll get a few butts in seats because he has cool nicknames and stuff. So I don't expect Polanco to go anywhere. Uh but looking past that, there's not much else on this team that I think is really highly sought after. So why not no. get rid of Bell and, you know, take a chance and hope you can develop whoever you get for him? Yeah. So here are my thoughts on what the Pirates should do. I think Musgrove needs to be gone in the offseason. I think Musgrove had actually a, a pretty good year for the Pirates and a guy that I think I think there's probably belief that if he went somewhere else, he would be a lot better and he would be noticed. I think, you know, he, he gets lost in the shuffle of Pittsburgh just being terrible. I think with Tyon, I think you got to move him at the deadline. I think you got to hope that you can get him to come back and show something for you. Cause I think there's teams that aren't, aren't, aren't going to give up a lot for a guy that just came off Tommy John surgery, you know? And so you come back and you see if you can get some value for him. There's going to be a team. If he performs well, there's going to be a team at the deadline that tries to get him. And I think that's going to be your best move, but that's it, man. And you really got it. You're right. You got to try and build that hall. Um, big thing for Pirates fans is going to be the draft. Like I know, I know nobody watches the draft. I watch the draft. Um, pay attention to the guys they're going to get. I thought they did a good job in 2020. I like Nick Gonzalez. He's their top prospect right now. Um, I thought they did a great job overall getting a lot of guys that are going to boost that system. And, and that's going to be big. Um, remember Ben Sherrington, you know, he's the guy that drafted Mookie Betts in the fifth round in that draft. He also got Jackie Bradley jr. He got some really great pieces in that draft. He got Matt Barnes in that draft. You know, it, it, he knows how to build a team, through the draft, which is very interesting because, you know, when he was at the Red Sox, that's not traditionally what they do, but I think he's perfect for the pirates in that sense. And come 2022, they have $3 million on that payroll. That's it. And that's if they buy out uh, Gregory Polanco, that's the only thing they have is the $3 million. So they have payroll flexibility to really just go and say, Hey, we're going to keep the guys we believe in and we're going to get rid of the guys that we don't. 
Well, if there's one thing that is very important for a team rebuilding a system is the draft. And then if there's one thing that Brody Van Wagen actually did right in his time as the Mets GM is, is he stocked the draft pretty heavily. They got Matthew Allen. They got Brett Beatty. They got all these guys that are going to be really good a couple of years, but the pirates have had, like I, I saw noticed the pirates had some pretty good picks as well. Like you said, and if, and that's where you got to start because you're not going to get prospects just out of nowhere. You got to get them from there. You got to get them from trades and that's sort of what they're doing mm-hmm. now. Um, stocking the lower level system as they had, like in the Starling Marte deal, they did the same thing. Once they get those guys, and then in a couple of years, those guys will be up in the upper levels, and then you'll be like, oh, wow, this guy is going to be here in a couple of years, be up here and be playing uh, playing in front of the fans for a couple of years. Hopefully there's fans by then. <laughs> I think to understand the angry Pirates fans' perspective, I don't think a rebuild is what anyone wants, and no. I think it's a hard reality to accept when you've had 20 losing years go have three really successful seasons. And then you don't kind of taper off. They went from not even really being competitive minus <laughs> 2017. when I think they were still in like the seventies in terms of wins. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, in case you can't tell, I lost interest in the pirates. I did not start watching baseball again until this season. Uh, I was a diehard baseball fan. I put myself in the gallo levels of baseball knowledge. Hey, you know, and, I was in your spot too from 2009 to 2014. All right. Well, you were also probably still in diapers in that time frame, So that doesn't <laughs> make me feel much better, but I mean, it's just weird how your team just not showing an interest makes you lose an interest in a sport altogether, in my opinion. And that's oh, kind of yeah. what happened to me. And I love baseball. So I've been getting back into it. I wouldn't have thrown myself in this position <laughs> if I didn't think I had something to offer, but it's tough being a pirate fan and going through all that. And now you finally get rid of the GM that nobody likes and you finally get rid of a manager who was there probably two, three years past where he should have been there. And now you're starting from the bottom again. And that's not what a fan base wants. And knowing the Pittsburgh fan bases is being a fan of all three of their major sports teams. No Pittsburgh fan is content with the team willingly being bad by hell or high water. They're going to need to find a way to compete. Well, it might happen with the Penguins in a few years. So I think the Penguins are dangerously mm-hmm. close to that level, but that's a story for another time. Sam, I wanted to ask you. Um, All right, what, what do you got what, for me? What other team? We've heard a lot about. You touched on it a bit earlier too. Some of these mid-market, small-market teams, obviously, are going to be selling this year because of everything surrounding their payroll with COVID and stuff. Trying to get more cap, trying to clear off some big contracts, get rid of some big names. Who are some players or teams, in your opinion? that we shouldn't be all that surprised if we see some moves made. Ooh, like in terms of selling? And ter- who's going to be a seller? Who's someone that might get, you know, traded or let go that we might not expect? See, all right, this is this is interesting. Um, I know there was, there was whispers of it. I'm very interested to see what the Phillies are going to do. Because, you know, there was the whole thing about potentially Zach Wheeler being moved because, you know, ownership was saying that there was no money um, you know, they got Dombrowski who is, you know, traditionally known as the guy who spends all your money or trades all your prospects. And it sounds like the Phillies don't have either. Um, so it'll be interesting because a guy like Dombrowski makes moves. I mean, they made one today. It was a very small one. They got Jose Alvarado. I thought it was a solid trade for a bullpen that literally can't get worse. Um, and, but if they're going to have flexibility to make moves, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, apparently they have an offer in for JT. I don't know who else has an offer in for JT with the Mets being out that that changes the whole dynamic. Cause I was fully convinced that they were going to go there. Cause that's also where the money was. Steve Cohen was going to spend. Um, 
And, and that's, you know, that's the division to watch. I'll say Phillies in terms of a team that low key might sell. I'll say Mets for a team that's going to buy. I mean, they are, they're not, they, and again, they don't have the farm system to make trades. They're not going to do that, but they aren't done. And you're going to start seeing these dominoes fall and they're going to start making moves. Like, like Gallo was saying, George Springer, I think, I mean, there's a lot of places that have said they want George Springer and he's the, obviously the best free agent available. Um, but I think there's a team that's going to be like, look, money's not an option. It's going to be the Mets, which Gallo, man, you got to be excited. There were so many years where like, they're the New York team that doesn't spend like, that's just well, that's yeah, absurd. So now it's finally there. I can get in that whole division too. You got Miami and Atlanta too, both playoff teams. Oh, and Atlanta. Oh my gosh. I think Miami will take a step back. I think they took advantage of a 60 game season and just a lot of things going right. I mean, they won't be far behind, but they got to develop. They and they're 18th read brand in like three years. This one finally really, you know, I really like their jerseys in this rebrand they did this time. So maybe it's all lining up for them. They That's actually exactly, have man. like, I believe for the past five or so years, they've actually started off hot um, in pretty much every season. Uh, and then that, that's sort of just how it happened this year. But um, touch, um, walking back to the Mets a little bit, I'm going to be content if they do, if they get Springer, if they add a guy like Tanaka or Paxton or somebody that's around that level. And then if they get another bullpen piece like Liam Hendricks or Brad Hand, I think those are two guys that could fit really well in that bullpen. They just added a lefty a while ago on a minor league deal. Jerry Blevins loved that guy. Um, he'll probably be in the bullpen at some point this year. Um, but yeah, um, and Atlanta's always going to be the the top dog at the moment, but I I am excited for for a couple years going forward because just the years of just suffering under the Wilpons are over. Brad Hand made my blood pressure soar because I there were several times I had money riding on the Indians, and Brad Hand reminded me a lot of Pittsburgh Pirate Mark Melanson, where he would get saves. But he never liked to make them one, two, three innings. Oh, he yeah, liked yeah. to make sure two or three guys got on base. Oh, and it was the most strenuous way possible. It's how familiar did it too. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining me today. Any final thoughts before we conclude this first podcast edition, we'll call it Gallo, of Stranded at Second. Well, uh, George Springer might sign immediately after we uh, we, we close here. Oh, so this will be up tonight, the way MLB moves are happening. Sam, thank you <laughs> oh, for joining us as well. We'll probably make you involved in this whenever we feel like we need you, which will be every episode. I'm in, dude. Sign me up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for the Stranded Sports Network, this has been Stranded at Second for Tyler and Sam. This has been Nick. And hopefully by the time you're hearing this, there haven't been seven more moves made. Thank you very much for joining us, and Happy New Year. <laughs>